Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome back, Solar Warrior. We are rolling through this Women's History Month and the month of March generally is just flying by. If you listened last Tuesday, you would have heard a snippet of Britta Von Osen. And today we've got my dear friend Tara Doyle. Neither of those are new interviews. No, we're doing quick replays of little snippets from the longer interviews of these two titans of industry who top our list of most downloaded female voices on the Suncast podcast. So today I'm inviting you to buckle in for a pretty interesting conversation. The one that started it all, as they say. You'll hear a little snippet of how Tara did, in fact, challenge me to increase the diversity of the podcast back the beginning of 2019, truthfully back SPI of 2018. And it was really fascinating to get her story about how a little company called PVL became a big company called PVL. Our conversation back then was enjoyable enough that we split that interview into two episodes. What you'll hear is snippets from the first one of two. It was number 144. And part two of that is episode 145. If you want to go ahead and cue those up. And I know that you will want to go listen. Some of the key themes that we discuss in this brief 18 minutes interlude that you will hear today are how many executives do in fact stand on the shoulders of their support staff. And it goes unrecognized even on this podcast. We talk about some of the skills that you do and don't need to get a job in the solar industry and why she hires non-technical people to lead teams. And as we get into the chapters of the startup, once known as PV Evolution Labs and its rise to prominence, we get into the process of selling that company to the behemoth independent engineering firm DNVGL, the tremendous growth they demonstrated during their time there. And she really does get into the detail of the journey and growing their company. And as well, she talks about what surprised her most when they finally spun it back out of DMVGL in January of 2019, months before she and I recorded this interview. So glad that you have decided to join us here. I promise that you will not only level up your game, but you will not want to get this time back as it will be time well spent. Remember, you can find the resources, learn more about today's guests and the recommendations that you hear over at mysuncast.com. Click on the episodes tab that takes you to the show notes. While you're there, don't forget to make sure that you're subscribed, not just to our show, but to our newsletter. We send it out as a way to remind you that the podcast is coming and give you extra snippets and tidbits about the guests that maybe you didn't know before. So if you haven't in a while, go check your email and see if you've got some goodies hanging out there. Yeah, and lately my email seems to have been going into the spam folder. So maybe you could just pull it out of spam hell and help us improve our overall email delivery score. That would that would really score some points with me, that's for sure. But for now, let's get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior. Here we go with another powerful conversation on Suncast. I think that 
certainly in light of the context of Women's History Month and wanting to gain more exposure for female leaders in our industry, mm -hmm. uh, I think that we far too often don't lend enough credence to the work that's done across all different types of jobs mm -hmm. that support the success of the company. Mm -hmm. They are solar warriors too. That's right. You know, in fact- Yeah, it's not just the sales guys right. out in the field. I know your profile is- Right. I mean, I know your profile is to interview executives, yeah. but you know what? How did those executives get there? Yeah. They didn't often do it on their own. That's right. You know, they had a team of people and probably some really, really phenomenal support yeah. helping them get there. And I think it is a real shame, a real shame in this industry and in other industries that the support folks and the administrative assistants are in the background yeah. and forgotten. So yeah. I would challenge you, in addition to having more women on the show, to change up how you think about a solar warrior. Yeah. Get some different kinds of warriors on yeah. the show and warriors who make the warriors. Indeed. You know? Yeah. Adam Larner also said a very similar thing. He said, Nico, you need more field people. Yeah. So you just alluded to what I alluded to the, of why you're mad at me. <laughs> and I'll uh, I'll just sort of circle back to that over a beer at Thirsty Bear in July. You said, you know, there's one thing that disappoints me about Suncast. Uh, <laughs> I said, what's that, Tara? Thanks for this. I think, I think I'd had like a glass or two of wine in me at that point. I yeah. was feeling really bold. Yeah, I'll say that, that Tara is uh, famously introverted. So um, it only took seven months to get you on the show. <laughs> I said, what's that? She said, you need to have more female leaders on the show. And I said, great. When, you're, when are we interviewing you? <laughs> and I, I may have said it on the show. I've certainly said it to countless people that I credit you with my resolution. Uh, and I'll say my goal mm -hmm. to move towards more equitable representation of, I'll say women, minorities, people of color, uh, that more accurate, accurately reflects our industry, mm -hmm. that I was truly, I wasn't blind to it, but I was not focused on it. Mm -hmm. Because let's face it, like there still are 500 middle-aged white men who mm -hmm. helped build the industry that I still could interview. Mm -hmm. I want to just put a pin in the fact that there's never been a better time in this industry for all the reasons of inclusion and focus on diversity to be a woman, in particular a woman of color in our mm -hmm. industry. Mm -hmm. There are businesses, I'm not going to name them uh, here, but there are companies who have an express political intent at the executive level to promote and to the disdain of the males in the company to promote female leadership. I know that because I hear the back, I hear the backbiting, right? Mm -hmm. Over beers mm -hmm. uh, of undeserving 29 year olds getting director positions. And mm -hmm. uh, there's an entire program at a major utility that favors almost exclusively executive female leadership mm -hmm. uh, of, of women in their late twenties, early thirties, mm -hmm. who, by the way, get their first job as admin to the CEO. And it's very intentional. I, I mean, I, I know it is very intentional having done so many of these interviews that if you want someone to understand how the company runs, there's mm -hmm. no better place mm -hmm. than to be the right hand to the mm -hmm. person running the company. You know, you in framing this original question, you asked me, how did somebody start as a receptionist and then get into such a highly technical position or field? Yeah. And I would say to that, that I do not have a PhD in physics or applied science, definitely not. But I have a PhD in knowing people, in yeah. understanding people and talking to people. Yeah. In solar, you've got to have a mix. You know, it's required because not everybody, not, not you know, the new converts to solar have a wide breadth of understanding. 
So you've got to be able to talk to people about solar. And it's not about dropping technology terms. It's yeah. about explaining why solar is so important yeah. and mix of perspective too. You know, you're sitting in a conference room, nothing's going to get done if you have a room full of engineers. In fact, what is the joke? Um, four IEs, six opinions, you know, <laughs> and like, you've got to have balance. You've got to have the people who are looking at it from different perspectives to say, okay, that's awesome. But what about the voice of the customer? Yeah. What about the person who doesn't know anything about solar? Yeah. How do we reach those people? Yes, I have, you know, in 15 years, how could you not gain a, you know, a solid understanding of the technology? And of course, in the testing business, I know a whole lot about our testing and what we yeah. do. So on the job experience, I'd say, and learning and a lot of it and hard work and determination and educating myself, of course, you know, I would say that to be in this field, you don't have to be, a P, you don't have a to PhD. have a PhD yeah. in physics. What you do need to have in, you know, some of the roles in this field is the ability to educate people and talk to people and further the mission, yeah. you know? That's one of the things that I have to believe impressed you about Tristan as well. Because mm -hmm. he's yeah. another like- Totally. Not, he's not cut from the, from the cloth, mm -hmm. right? Um, and just decided this is what I'm going to do. And yeah. Um, and I think he fits the Peville uh, mold very yeah, well. Exactly. Uh, he's and a rebel. Exactly. And when, you know, we were looking at candidates to fill that role, the yeah. head of PV module business, we looked at, I mean, I talked to a lot of PhDs, yeah. but they couldn't talk to people and they yeah. weren't funny. And Tristan, it. you know, he relates to people. He's funny. Yeah. And, you know, what I love the most about his offering is that, you know, he's learned through experience too, just yeah. like me. And I think when you're talking to module manufacturers or when you're talking to, you know, module buyers or whatever, you got to see from their experience too, you know, like that's often the art of the sale is getting to know that person yeah. and, you know, understanding what their needs are. So, you know, PV Evolution Labs or, or PVEL as we were colloquially called back then, now legally called, you know, we've been around for almost a decade and in multiple different forms. And it's been, it's been a fun ride, honestly, challenging at times, exciting as hell yeah. um, to see its, you know, chapters. And we talk about PVEL and we talk to Jenya, you know, in terms of the PVEL chapters, you know, chapter one, startup, full on. I'm with their, I'm Je with Jenya, calling up the customers, asking them to pay early because we're trying to make payroll. When did he call you? Do you remember when he called you and said, hey, he never did thing. call me. Shut so up. this is more like the accident. Like, so, you know, did Dan like, Sugar say, hey, you need to go work for Virginia? Yeah. They were looking for an office manager. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> they were looking for an office manager. And I had just taken a very short break, thought I could try to get it out of the industry, but the lure was strong. And so, I was, you know, they were looking for an office manager. Dan, who was on the board, called yeah. me up and said, you got to do this. So when I went in, it wasn't even an interview. It was just- I'm here. You know, no, it was like, they were talking about, it was the whole company who interviewed me, which was like eight people at the time That's sitting around the conference room table. And it was like, they were arguing over, you know, what I should start doing first and <laughs> whether or not I'd be doing the bookkeeping or if we'd keep the outside firm. That's amazing. You know, and- Did you get any stock? I did. Yeah. I did. Nice. Yeah. Jenya taking care of his peeps. That's right. Um, Not life-changing. Jenya said it wasn't life-changing for him when DNVGL bought him. So guessing it wasn't life-changing for employees either. You know, actually on that note, 
it was challenging. I was in a support role again, but at the time DNV GL bought us, I think I was, I think I, my new title, my title at that point was director of administration. So basically yeah. I was in charge of the back office. We had an mm -hmm. operations manager and then we had a business manager yeah. and I was doing all the back office functions of legal HR. So got a huge breadth of experience yeah. doing all these different things, totally. which I think again, shaped my next steps and next roles. Right. But you know, it's often, again, underappreciated what happens when there's a merger yeah. and there's the executive side. And that's the side where Genya was, right? It's like, he's talking to the same customers. He's, you know, dealing with the same kinds of people. But on the back end, we're migrating a system. You know, we're trying to keep the train on the tracks. <laughs> we're at the PVL lab, by the yeah. way, and someone just Urban. skated by yeah. on, a, <laughs> on a lift pump. Yeah. Lift Jack. That was hilarious. Yeah. Sorry. Keep going. Never a dull moment. We're not going to cut Even that out. Even on a Saturday. Uh, <laughs> um, that was awesome. Yeah, totally. Uh, so, you know, I think, again, it's it's often uh, undervalued what happens behind the scenes to keep the train on the tracks and make sure that the customer, you know, on, on Monday, the customer gets an invoice. The next Monday, they need another invoice, right. but we've changed systems. But you know what? Damn it we're getting that customer, that invoice That's on right. Monday and we come hell or high water, we're getting that done. Yeah. A monumental effort at that point to migrate and integrate systems yeah. that I was involved in. So not just the mm -hmm. acquisition itself and the diligence and the 2 a.m. and the, the lawyers working on that project. Then it was the one-year project of integration. Yeah. And, you know, that was challenging. It was not business as usual for me, mm -hmm. right? But I can appreciate how you know, for, for others in the company who are not doing the sort of the, the gear moving could experience that it was, it was business as usual. And it was, to be honest, it was, and to be fair, it was business as usual on the commercial front, yeah. but behind the scenes, definitely not. <laughs> you know, the, the original reason for being, and I encourage anyone to go back and listen to Jenya's episode, because he so well characterized this, the original reason for being for PVL was we can do this better and faster. Mm-hmm which is a super compelling reason for DNVGL to buy you guys. Yep. I always wondered to myself if that was a good return on investment for mm -hmm. DNVGL. Mm -hmm. It's a huge company. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's face it, like principally wind focused. And so you guys were a nice way for them to uh, continue to say, yeah, we're gonna, we're also, we're adding solar on and here's why. And we're mm -hmm. technically c capable. Mm -hmm. What was it? Four or five years that you guys were there? Yeah, four and a half. Four and a half years. January 1, you spin it out as a, a new entity again, which I'm exceedingly proud of. And I'm sure mm -hmm. that the industry met you guys with praise and accolade. And surprise. <laughs> and and surprise. Yeah. So what can you tell me about that sense of return on investment within DMVGL, mm -hmm. uh, what you guys added to the DMVGL business mm -hmm. and the business case for spinning it out? In terms of the value proposition to DNVGL, you know, you've got an advisory business, independent engineering, and that's really, you know, that's what DNVGL is all about, a brain trust of really smart, really, really smart people um, who are advising on complex issues. And the IEs, they survey all kinds of information. They, you know, they gather as much as they possibly can to inform their opinions. And one of the most important things in my opinion and in our business is in, in solar and in performance and prediction is data, mm -hmm. you know, data from the Holy Grail is data from the field. But since 85% of the world's solar was installed in five years or less, there just isn't enough of it out there. There's not a lot. 
So we do that here in the lab. We're creating that data. We're predicting, you know, lifetime performance, or at least we're trying to quantify it. You know, that's a key part of any IE opinion. So it was a synergistic type of merger or acquisition at the time, as well as this business or PVAL, we're not just a, you know, a data producer. We slide a report across the table. Mm. We are also, you know, in effect, an advisory business in that, you know, we are the lab for the banks. We are the lab for the downstream. And yes, manufacturers, you know, they come to us, they pay us for testing, but, you know, we use those test reports to really talk to the, the buyers out there. That's right. And also promoting those manufacturers' brands. Yeah. So it's a really nice synergistic story. Hey, you know, it's becoming commonplace to hear that energy storage is the key to deploying renewables at scale. But if you've tried to put storage on a commercial solar project ever, then you realize it's easier said than done until now. Look, I've seen many energy storage solutions for commercial buildings as a solar project developer in my 15 years in the industry, but Yada Energy's storage product just scratches that developer itch of fit, function, and ease to install. Yada's PV-coupled ecosystem of solar plus storage solutions integrates seamlessly right behind the solar panel. In fact, it elegantly replaces the need for a ballast as it nests right into the racking on a flat roof install. Even better, Yada's integrated storage technology can enable up to 60% more solar to be deployed on commercial buildings. With commercial buildings consuming 35% of electricity, that means that Yada is finally helping business owners and solar installers alike make a serious dent in the commercial sector's massive carbon emissions. Yada Energy is poised to meet the growing demands of electrification by maximizing solar plus storage without taking up additional valuable commercial real estate for your customers. To find out how Yada Energy can bring storage to your CNI rooftop project, visit mysuncast.com forward slash Yada. That's Y-O-T-T-A. Yada Energy, an elegant and revolutionary approach to solar plus storage. Hey, I know you are a savvy listener. Heck, you're listening to Suncast. And you've probably, as a result, heard of a little company called SunGrow. If you're not using SunGrow inverters on your projects, I would love to better understand why. They are the inverter of choice for many of the EPCs that I know. SunGrow is the number one in gigawatts deployed. They've got the top bankability in the industry, Hexsolve uses them for the majority of their projects. And you may not even know, but SunGrow has the largest R&D team in the power electronics industry. These three key points alone have convinced most of the major US developers to prefer SunGrow. They now experience a diversified supply chain, local service team, patented containerized product, all with their seamless pain-free commissioning. Look, imitation is the highest form of flattery. So why spend all of your cycles on what inverter to use when the largest EPC in the land has already done the heavy lifting for you? You can have their same experience for your projects. See how at mysuncast.com forward slash sungrow. Hey, Warriors, if you're subscribed to my email newsletter, then you probably saw an email come through about my good friend, Sheldon Kimber, who I consider to be one of the preeminent thought leaders around how our industry can scale faster and hit gigaton 
level decarbonization. And while there's so much I could say about Sheldon, the thing I want you to know is that he's recently written another blog post all about the nexus of deep deep carbonization. You see, Sheldon is the CEO of Intersect Power, which is a clean energy company that is looking at innovative and scalable low carbon solutions to customers' needs across North America and beyond. And Sheldon and his team really believe that the zero carbon industries of tomorrow will be enabled by clean electricity technologies of today. And that deep decarbonization will be enabled by the historic affordability and availability of renewable energy, which is what Intersect develops. You can learn more about Sheldon and Intersect Power. Read his latest blogs over at intersectpower.com. I would really encourage you to go take that opportunity right now. Wait, not right now. You're in the middle of a podcast. So queue it up or click on the links that we've got in the show notes. All right, back to the episode. Was this a good investment? I think everyone would say it was. It definitely was. You know, from the lab's perspective, we were a startup and we joined this global brand. And it was, you know, it was fantastic for our growth and our global reach. And we have that now. Can you give a sense in like scale of the growth pre and post acquisition? Yeah. Like, so, you know, I'm commercial. Let's talk about customer base. Sure. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we started in 2012 with something like 15, 20, 30 manufacturers testing right. and, you know, something like 20 and growing downstream partners yeah. who were looking at that test data. Mm-hmm. For folks who don't understand the business model, the downstream partners was the business model. Yes. Like that's where the, that's where the value that's is. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, you know, within DNVGL, we grew to 2X, 3X, 4X, those numbers with the global reach and with the, the brand and with the, you know, the folks in the, in the regional offices pounding the pavement for us and educating in India and educating in Japan and educating in Singapore and in Germany um, about the importance of testing. I really want to focus back to what you just said, 30 to 40 clients pre-DMVGL. Mm-hmm. Your bio says that you have grown PVL's client base to over 500 companies, 10x. So over the four and a half years at DMVGL, like 10x growth yeah. of client base, which you led. I mean, not, I didn't lead it all the whole Don't time. Humble. Don't be <laughs> humble. This isn't time for humility, right, Mr. Okay. Mrs. Introvert. Okay, okay. Yes, you've got a support staff and Tristan's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, and the other folks too. <laughs> uh, you know, the team and, yes. you know, myself included grew this business. And the idea was let's get this coalition of downstream partners who are educated and who know the value of testing yeah. to the, that value that that brings to their models and to the, you know, their, their projects and the equipment disposition um, when those projects are built. If it was that successful, 10x growth, seems like DMVGL is a good fit for PVL. Why spin it up? Okay. So I, yeah, I wanted to say that 10x is over, over the course of time. Definitely with, with DNVGL, we grew quite a lot, but you know, last year when we started to do some 2019, you know, the annual planning Uh for the next years, DNVGL management and PVL local management, we put our heads together about how we could each thrive in our respective kind of industries. DNVGL's core model being, you know, advisory services Mm -hmm. and our core being testing and working with, you know, downstream over the testing, you know, we thought about markets and we thought about 
outreach and we thought about value proposition. And ultimately we came to the conclusion that PVAL could be, you know, a lot more flexible, mm-hmm. you know, if we went back to a, an independent entity, it wasn't an easy decision, not by a long shot because, you know, we were integrated at that point and we were, I mean, we were always an independent entity. I wanted to make that disclaimer too, that, you know, the IEs, the, the advisory side of the house always worked with other labs. We weren't the only lab that they, you know, got data from. And yeah, I think that's often not understood yeah. yet. And the same with PVEL, we worked with other IEs. We weren't, you know, we, we wanted to get the data out there everywhere, not yeah. just, you know, exclusively within the DNVGL chain. For sure. yeah. We always operated independently within our areas. Was it always called PVEL? <laughs> no, well, our legal entity became DNVGL PVEL LLC. <laughs> That's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, colloquially we maintained the PVEL. The PVEL. Yeah. I love it. That, which is why you spun it out as PVEL. Exactly. I love it. That's exactly right. Yeah. So the chapters again, the chapters of the, of the uh, name. I totally understand. Uh, I think I understand. So given that there was a lot of synergy and DNVL is spinning you out, is DNVL still a partner in some way? Like are they still financially tied to PVEL success? PVEL is fully independent. We're not in any part owned by DNVGL anymore. That said, industry-wise and in terms of still what we do, mm-hmm. there's still an obvious synergy. Sure. So we're still working with DNVGL quite closely. Yeah. We share a lot of the same clients. So we're still working with them very much. And um, you know, our module scorecard will be co-branded oh, in wow. the next couple of years. And so we will they still be that. collaborating on a number of of projects and you know the synergy doesn't go away that's still there there's still that value proposition yeah. but realize we so could Tristan still has to work with all of his other co- uh, former colleagues <laughs> he, <laughs> gets to. he gets to yeah that's a good yeah point. for sure you know you're now almost two full months into this new thing that's an old thing what surprised you the most what surprised me the most was that was the reaction from our customers hmm. you know and downstream partners it was either from the manufacturer perspective where we're, we've got ongoing testing going on, you know, they're like, okay, cool. Where do I, now where do I send my invoice right. or payment, you know? No system change. Yeah. Um, and that was the question. Okay. What, what's changing in the, you know, for the system? That's right. Will my testing project continue? Right. And the answer to all of that is yes, we're changing a system, but we're going to make it seamless for you. And other customers and downstream partners and other folks in the industry, their reaction was, cool. That's great. You know, congrats, you guys. Let's talk about some new business, you know? So it was, it was really heartening to see. We weren't quite sure. We weren't quite sure how the market would react. Um, we, we, we anticipated some excitement, definitely some surprise, but we weren't quite sure how the market would react to, to this split. And we were really pleasantly surprised by the, the, by the overwhelming positive reaction. You've had a busy decade. Mm-hmm. You've given birth to more than a company, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like we have something in common that we both have an eight-year-old and mm-hmm. I know how hard that is. Mm-hmm. When do you have time to be a mom? You know, that's a fantastic question. And I'm really, really dogged about my family and my schedule. You know, you and I share the same sort of deep, deep feelings about our kids and they're, you know, they're my number one customers. Yeah. They really are. And if it had to be the job or it had to be the kids, there's no choice for me. There's yeah. no, no contest. 
it's been a struggle. I won't, I won't lie being yeah. ambitious in my career and moving up the, up the ladder. So you said earlier has not been easy with small kids. You know, the, it's it, the trajectory of moving up the ladder relative to raising small humans is the same for me, same time period, having kids who are really amazing and who love solar too. They, yeah. Our whole house is dedicated to solar. No, you're um, more all in than just about any we're family all in. I know. We're all in. And the kids, they want to know how it works and they want to know who, you know who my customers are and who's that and who's, you know, what about this thing? And, you know, where are you going to travel to next, mom? And can you bring better. me a souvenir? Yeah. You know, but getting them involved in my job and how cool it is, you know, not only am I raising the next generation of solar enthusiasts, yeah. but, you know, I'm also you know, getting them involved in, in my life and the things yeah. that are important to me. Well, Warriors, as I said in the beginning, I know that you got a ton of value out of that. You're definitely still getting it because you're listening to see if there's anything else you can squeeze out of this episode. And, and I just want to say thank you. The reason that I do this podcast each and every week is so that you can get value out of it, add it to your life and your career. I'd love to know if this podcast is, in fact, helping you in any way. Two really easy ways you can do that. The first is you just go to LinkedIn, find me, connect with me, send me a direct message. I, I read as many of them as possible. I try to get through all of them and respond, even if it's slow. The second is you can go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash suncast. Ratethispodcast.com forward slash suncast. And you can tell the world how instrumental suncast has been in your life or your career. I really, really would appreciate it. And just as you found the podcast at some point, perhaps just scrolling through your podcast player of choice, you came across Suncast. It was likely because somebody else did the kind favor and left a review. And that review prompted iTunes or Spotify to promote my show to you. You can pay that favor forward if you would. That would be amazing. I want to thank Tara for the influence that she's had on this podcast and thank all of the guests who've given so much of their time as you have done. They have invested more than the hour you've enjoyed or the half hour perhaps today that you've enjoyed. They've invested often two or three hours of their life, their collective team's life even, to help make this content available to you. Do you know who else has? And that is our sponsors. Our sponsors are so amazing. You see, they help make this podcast free for you so that not only you can enjoy these conversations, intimate looks inside the life of the clean energy entrepreneurs who are running this industry and carrying it forward, but they give you access for free. I'd love it if you'd thank them with your feet and go check out their offers. You can go mysuncast.com forward slash sponsor, follow the links. You'll see their offers and demos and any other benefits that they've sliced away just to offer to the Suncast tribe. And, you know, in case you might be thinking, oh, what if I want to broadcast to the Suncast community? Well, you can find that there as well. MySuncast.com forward slash sponsor. This Thursday, we've got Dana Claire Redden. She's going to talk all about social wrecks. Not solar wrecks, social wrecks. The social benefit derived from offering renewable power into underserved communities. Remember... You are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle.